Hi, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. Yo, yo, it's Blair. I don't know why I said yo. I just felt like saying yo. <laughs> You're in a yo-yo mood. That's yo-yo. okay. Yo-yo mood. Yes. Today we're talking about, what are we talking about, Blair? We're talking about you versus the school. You know, when the school is doing something that you're not agreeing with or daycare or pre-K or kindergarten, one of them, and you're just like, ah, no, or mm, hard pass or. Yeah, I have to tell you, like, I think part of this for me is wrapped up like feeling. How do I say this? Like the feeling of being I feel ultra aware of how my son's pre-K, school, daycare before that, whatever, was doing things because of the loss of control when you send your kid to school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether from necessity or, you know, for whatever reason, if you're going back to work, uh, if you're not going back to work, if you just want them to be socialized or what have you. And there is that thing of, okay, I'm dropping him off at 730 in the morning. I'll be back at 230. And in those seven hours, other than the photos they send, if your kid goes to the kind of daycare or school where they send photos, other than those, there's a lot of trust involved. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm so insanely grateful for the so many trustworthy teachers and daycare providers that are available to many of us, which is great. But yeah, there is a bit of a sense of loss of control that goes along with that. So then for me, it's amplified when my kid comes home and says something is different about the way that they do things, whether it be the way they discipline, Mm -hmm. whether it be the way they, you know, encourage or don't encourage kids to share or be friends or whatever, whatever. And then it it seems to hit deeper because I'm already like has so many feelings mixed up in sending my kid away for the day. Right, right, right. Also, there's happiness. So I mean, much, woohoo, I can so much happiness for me. So, so much happiness. Much, so much happiness. can work, can get my brain back inside of my skull, all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. So there's a million reasons why it's great. But then it does feel amplified to me when they do something differently than we would do it at home. Yeah. Wrapped up with gratefulness that he has somewhere to go where he's safe. Yeah. I I mean, it's a little bit of a conundrum because of that, because you are so incredibly grateful that, first of all, let me tell you this, when it comes to just remedial basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, math, I'm like, my son's bringing home stuff and I'm just like, no, thank you. You, I don't want to do this, right? And it's like him. He's just like, he's learning. He's learning. And the fact that there are people in this world who choose to teach the remedial basics of things for decades, I'm just like, you deserve the biggest bottle of scotch. <laughs> or your personal thing, your whatever, per- that, whatever is. that is. You deserve it. Coco Mademoiselle. <laughs> it's, yes. Come on now. I just find it. Yeah, this like teachers are the ish. So incredibly grateful. But, you know, also, Blair, your kids go to Catholic school, right? Yes. And my kid goes to a Quaker school. And the reason why I'm not, I can't speak for you, Blair, but for us, the reason why we sent him to that school is A, because he really loved it on the tour. There's a million reasons why we sent him, mostly that we just absolutely love it. And the big thing is that we also love the values that they teach there and emphasize So we are lucky in that way. At some point, he may absolutely go to the local public school, which is also great. We just chose to send him to this one for a couple of years because we like their focus and that kind of thing. But it is, we're also not religious. They're not super religious at this school, but there are some things that they emphasize that maybe in life we will no longer continue to emphasize when he starts going to a public school. 
But there's 99% of what he's learning and doing there is stuff that is incredibly closely aligned with how we would hope to live our lives. But Blair, have you found yet anything that kind of goes against how you parent your kids or... You know, here's the thing. I went to private Catholic school from middle of seventh grade. That was fun. Oh, switching in the middle of the school year? I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fun. Seventh grade? Come on. When kids are just like the best and like so kind and giving and loving and generous of their time and their personalities. It's awesome. So seventh grade to 12th grade, I went to private Catholic school. And I got to tell you, it's different now. And I think it's because people are choosing like secular, non-religious people are choosing religious education or the, you know, Catholic education school system just for whatever reasons. Right. So they've listen, they backed off a little bit on some of the things, which I'm kind of cool with. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of cool with, he still has like religion classes. Sometimes he brings home stuff and I'm like, well, okay. One day he came, this was in kindergarten. He came home and he had colored Jesus pink. And I was like, I think it was a nativity scene and he'd colored everybody pink. And I said to him, why are they pink? Yeah. And he said, well, my teacher told me to color them pink. And I was like, boy, 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 boy. It's okay. All right. I was like, let me tell you something, kid. I was like, Jesus is from the Middle East. Does your teacher know that? I had my husband do it. I was like, you're going to have to take this one up. Just because he's pink and he's got brown kids. So I was like, listen, take one for the team. Because if this deep, dark brown person comes in there demanding why Jesus and his family is pink, you know, people are going to have their issues and I don't want to have to set the place on fire. Okay? Not today, Satan. So yeah, so like, and it turned out that they said that she didn't say to color him pink. I think that maybe he picked up the crayon. I don't know. Anyway, they made it very clear that they don't emphasize that, you know, Jesus <laughs> was pink, <laughs> you know, and that they're also children. They can color them whatever color they want to. And I was like, OK, whereas I feel like back in the day, it might have been different in Catholic school. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I like that part of it. And I also like just like the moral foundation, like you were saying, with D-Man in the, in the Quaker school. There's just like certain moral foundational things that are really nice that both of my children are getting together and bringing home that I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that golden rule thing. It's really nice that you guys get it, though, <laughs> and that you're, you're learning about it. What is it? Kindness and stuff? Yeah. Like, you know, love thy neighbor. Are we talking kindness? Are we talking empathy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the stuff that, you know, that a human should possess that I have a hard time with sometimes because, you know, I, you know, sit in the boat alone. Oh, whatever. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Yes. I totally get it. So you sent your husband to, to handle it. When you were looking up this stuff to talk about today, did they say that there's a certain way to handle it? Like, is there like a good way to handle it? And then like yes. a hard no on the way to handle it? There are like, there. I found many, a lot of the articles are for, of course, older kids. And when you have, and then there's also like a lot about the children with learning disabilities, special education things, when parents are unhappy with how that's going which I can't even imagine is probably so daunting at times and having to give over, like you said before, like having to give over that control. And especially when your child has a special need of some sort, that's got to be tough. But there was this one, I got to point this out. I didn't even like, it was just like one website, but it said for 
daycare to kindergarten, if you're having issues with your child's like teacher or something that's happened in the classroom, they suggested that you go to the daycare and spend one to two hours in the room to observe what's happening. Observe the teacher. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Hi. I'm just going to stay here and judge you from the back. Just, I'm just going to be right here in the corner. Pretend I'm not here. Writing down every wrong thing that you're doing to my child. That's a yeah. tough one. I don't think I could. I don't think I could either. I get the impetus to do it, but I totally do. I totally do. But this just in, we're not invisible. We're not invisible. Listen, if you do have a Harry Potter invisible cloak, Ooh, take that. Take that with you. Let me borrow it. First of all, let me borrow it. Let me borrow it. Send me that Amazon link and do it. But if not, don't do that. Because then guess what? No one's going to act the way that they do that you're looking for them to act. Right. My gosh. But I did find a really great article on the verywellfamily.com. What to do if you disagree with your child's teacher. And a lot of these come from this woman named Angie Frencho. She's Frencho. She's got a master's in education. She's a teacher and a gifted intervention specialist. Which I don't know what that is, but I kind of feel like it either means that she's gifted at intervention. Oh, okay. Or it means she's intervening, especially for gifted kids. (laughs) Especially. Most especially for gifted children. Anyway, she's got a great list of things. And the first one, which is tough for me, is uh, to stay calm. If there's an issue, like say for there's an issue with behavior or discipline, anything like that, which is usually like that was always like the top one in my research. I found that that was like the top thing is like the behavioral discipline issues is that when your kid comes home or hops in the car and gives you that bit of information, it's just like from their perspective, from their perspective, it's like all burners are on high and they're hot for mom. and you inside of you. Oh, yes. Oh, forget it. I think I've shared. Baby is on fire. <laughs> this mom is on fire. Very much so. I think I've shared this on the pod before, but there was an issue last year where my, what I felt I was being mistaken for my kid's nanny, which happens all the time. And the door had been shut in my face. Not once, not twice, but three times. And on the third time, I was like, that's it. And I did not stay calm. But shut by who? By people at the school? Yeah, by like fellow parents or by school people? By school people. Was The door was shut. And I'm like, I'm waiting for my child. And it was just kind of like, anyway, <laughs> I did not stay calm. And I came in hot and I marched right to the principal's office. I did not find the person who shut said door in my face. I went right to the principal's office. I cried. I yelled. I was on fuego sobre fuego and it was the wrong thing to do it was the absolute wrong thing to do i wish that i had taken a breath stayed calm and gone and found the person and been like yo what up because as soon as i got to the principal's office then that person was like running down the hallway and like she busted in and and was like i didn't what is happening you know, and I was like, you know what you did? She's like, I have no clue who you are. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. I was like, I don't know who you It was a mess. So you had an I don't know who you are fight. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. You don't know. Oh, you don't know who I am. Well, I'm going to tell you who I am. Let me tell you to your face right now since you're in my face. It was bad. So stay calm as possible. 
Listen, this just in. Most disagreements seem to be rooted in misunderstanding. Do you know that, Molly? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Sometimes parents and teachers have a different view of a value of our understanding of the grades, the situation, discipline techniques, and interventions. So you just have to like take a breath and be like, okay, what's really going on here? And also for us with little ones, and I guess sometimes with big ones as well, you have to like really interpret what they're saying and know, you know, the emotional root that that's coming from, you know? Yeah, and also the developmental root of where it's coming from. They're not able to process things that we might be able to when we have a calm moment to speak to the teacher mm-hmm. or the playground attendant or the principal, whomever they have this issue with. Yeah, and seeing it through that lens of consider the source. So that's one thing for sure. And the other thing that really stood out to me from what you just said is that sometimes parents and teachers have a different view of value yes. of yes. grades, discipline techniques, and interventions. So for instance, if your teacher is a little more old school as far as discipline and, and wanting kids to be absolutely silent in the classroom <laughs> or that kind of thing, or perhaps as a parent, you really value the number at the top of your kid's page or the grade that they're getting. This is obviously with a little bit older kids. So that could be something where the teacher says, oh, oh, listen, let's look at this other thing. Let's look at the other side of this coin, of the grades coin. They got an excellent in behavior. They got an excellent with kindness, you know, whatever. So I think for some reason that really stood out to me because much like I was explaining earlier about sort of the school that my son goes to for kindergarten aligns with our values, there are also human beings involved. Yeah. So if that teacher at that school that's aligned with your values, maybe their the weight they put on certain things shifts away from what you would put weight on or importance on, then that could be something where you either meet in the middle or you at least, you know, kiki about it and go in and talk to them or at the parent-teacher conference, voice your concerns in a calm and open way. And of course, with your kids, consider the source because they got little tiny brains. They got little, little, little tiny brains. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think especially for little ones, there's a lot of due diligence that we have to do as parents before we go there, right? Yes. And breathing, like you said, and breathing. Yeah, and breathing. So once you like stay calm as possible and you get the information, you do your due diligence, then you want to set up a meeting with your the teacher, with the source from which this issue is coming from. And then there's some really great information about how to talk to your teacher, how to agree to disagree and whatnot, and then who to go to after if meeting with the teacher didn't go right. So we'll hit that up when we come back. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all, we're back on Toddler Purgatory, and we're talking about you are at the point where you have had a difference of values, you know, what you put value in, difference of opinion. You got some information from your kid about how things are being done at school that doesn't quite jibe with how you live your life. So far, we've already talked about, number one, stay calm. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. And just remember, take that step back we talk about on Toddler Purgatory and see this for what it is. Consider the source. And always remember that most disagreements seem to be rooted in a misunderstanding. So maybe come to the table with that perspective as opposed to coming in hot. Don't come in hot. (laughs) Don't come in like Blair Brooks does most of the time. So now we're either sitting down with a teacher or we're calling them on the phone. Remember calling people on the phone? I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> or we're Zooming. We be Zooming. We be Zooming. And then, and where, how should we come to the table besides with an open heart and an open mind, of course? First of all, you need to tell the teacher how you're seeing things from your side. So f- how you're seeing it, what was communicated to you, right? And come with facts. Don't come with feelings. That's good. Come with facts, don't come with feelings. Yeah. And Angie Frencho says, write it down. You know, as soon as you like get to that calm spot when you're at home, write it down so that you can let the, as soon as everything like kind of marinates and you're able to like think clearly, write it down so that you're writing down the facts and not the feelings, right? You're not leading with emotion, which is hard for people. It's very hard. Come on. It's, and when I say people, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about me. Don't. Make me come in with a lit match and gasoline. Because when it comes to our kids, that's our direct line to our hearts. It It is. That's a direct line. And if we feel like people are being unfair to or about them or their own, you know, whatever the thing is, it's really hard to separate yourself from that because there's no. It's an instant pinch and an ouch. It's an instant pinch and an ouch. It's a big, hard pinch. Yeah. I don't know that phrase, but I like it. Yeah, it's the acting for it. We used to use that in grad school. Ask David about that one. Pension now. See, now Blair is really shoving it down my throat that her and my husband <laughs> have their master's degrees. <laughs> in what, though? In a very legitimate subject yes. of make-believe. <laughs> Got it. Yes. So going back, it is an instant pinch and an ouch. Absolutely. Oh, boy. I can't even... <laughs> I mean, we have kids who are young enough that we're not really getting into this yet, but inevitably in life, no two human beings are going to do things the exact same way every time. They're just not. And that's why a dialogue, and I I don't know if you're going to talk about this later, Blair, but like, I got to get in there with, that's why a dialogue with your teacher is so important in any kind of pre-existing relationship. And that's what they say too, first to talk to the teacher, go to the direct source of where the issue is coming from. Don't go march, don't do what Blair did and go straight to the principal 
because there's a lot of things that there's so many fill in the blanks that need to happen. Clarifications. Yes. Clarification. I mean, there's so many things that the direct source will have that information. So good. Right. That's good. Also, listen, once you've said and told your things from your side in a calm, open hearted manner, then it's now your turn to listen. Don't interrupt and remind yourself that you both want what's best for your child. This will keep you from assuming the worst. That is so true. That's such a good one. Like, that's such a good reminder because teachers are, I mean, they're in charge of anywhere from, these are random made up numbers from no source, but (laughs) eight to 38 kids in their class. More. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. They're in charge of so much and absolutely they got into teaching for a reason because they want to help our kids. Yes. So yes, that is a good thing to remember. There's so many. Yeah. Think of all like your friends that are teachers. I, all my friends that are teachers, they're in it for the good of it. Yes. They're not there like, I'm going in today to ruin some kid's life. <laughs> to make sure they do not succeed. Good morning. Oh, I can't wait. Or should I say bad morning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're human like anybody else, but the root of it is that they are there to help our kids. And I'll tell you what, I'm not in the classroom. I'm not in the classroom. And most of my friends, I have to tell you, most of the kids that I grew up with, they're no longer kids, they're adults. They are teachers or principals now. They're just big hearted, amazing Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. who were also like very good in school and also had great teachers. Like it only takes one phenomenal teacher to change a kid's life, whether it be to bring them towards teaching or just to open their eyes to a world that they never thought they could be a part of. Absolutely. Ah, oh, gosh. And want to impart that onto other humans. I mean, it's like a chain. It's a chain reaction. So know that. Know that you both are there for the good of your child and wanting to see them succeed. Can I do a brief shout out to one teacher that I had in high school? Her name is Barbara Wigrin. Shout out, Barbara Wigrin. She was my art teacher, and she made museums feel like they were there for me, too. Oh, yeah. Oops, I'm going to cry. Okay. I'm going to cry. I've never said that out loud before. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Like, I remember being a young adult and moving to New York City and seeing the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and it is intimidating. Yeah, it is. And it seems fancy. It seems like fancy people go there, and people who know about art, and people who know about history. And I felt like an imposter. I had imposter syndrome, as we all do in so many situations. And, like, Barbara Wigren's voice like rang in my head where she brought us to the Guggenheim in high school a bunch of teenagers in high school no cell phones hi because this was 1937 (laughs) and she was like okay uh go in have fun that's what it's there for I'll see you at noon and then she like walked away to like get a hot dog or something on the street (laughs) corner I don't know what Barbara Wigram was doing no she went in too but like she was like just have a great time because this place is here for you Mm-hmm. And she, we, we went on a couple of those trips. And, and I have to tell you, like, not only moving to New York, but also anytime I go anywhere, whenever I've traveled anywhere in the world, I've seen a museum and reminded myself that it's there for me, too. Mm-hmm. It only takes one. Thanks, Barbara. That's she was awesome. <sighs> also, she was dry as a bone. And I love that. She was like, all right, guys, good luck. No, she's great. <laughs> it's for she you. Great. Now, this hot dog is for me. Now, <laughs> scram, beat it. <laughs> yeah, she was the best, the best. Uh, okay, so now now that we've got our listening ears on. Yes. And we're not going to interrupt. We're breathing. We're going to keep our hands in our laps. 
Give your hands to yourself. Yes, and we're and it'll keep us from assuming the worst because we're listening to this person who is a big part of our kids' life. Absolutely, and they want the best, just like you do. Is now you coming together to find common ground and develop a plan? Oh, highlight, highlight that. Yeah. How this is how either the behavior, the issue, the grade, whatever, how it can be approved upon and how it's going to change, how we're going to change so that it doesn't happen again, how it's going to change so that we can get a better outcome next time. And this was like essential when I was reading because there was like a lot of like minor points underneath, but this one was essential. When you come up with a plan with your teacher, there's probably like a lot more of the teacher talking because it's their classroom, right? But ask how you can help. What you can do at home or within the school, can you come in and volunteer with that help if your child is having behavioral issues, whatever, what have you? What can you do to assist with this plan? Don't put it all on the teacher. Don't get in there and be like, fix this. You done did it, now fix it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's not theirs to fix. It's ours to fix. It's all of us together, including your child. So we have to, when we get home, we have to impart to them, yo, this is what needs to happen. Yep. Let's all get on board. And loop them in too. For sure. Feels very similar to when I showed up to pick up Taco at Doggy Daycare the other day. Uh-oh, what happened? He was, he got put in timeout. <laughs> oh, Taco, what did you do? Taco is my one-year-old lab pity mix. And boy, is he funny. So cute. So funny. With other dogs. Rowdy as heck. <laughs> Row. He is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He's like, I'll show you what breed I am. We should have named him Rowdy Rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> and he got put in timeout because him and the German Shepherd, quote unquote, got into it over a water bowl. I don't know if they mean physically over, like their, they were over a water bowl or it was a fight over a water bowl. <laughs> I didn't ask any questions. But when they said, yeah, you know, he plays hard, which he does. He's like a big, raucous puppy. He's a big dog party. They said, and also something about the German Shepherd who I think he's had, you know, maybe they don't get along. This just in, your kid's not going to get along with everybody either. They're not friends. And so he got put into timeout. But what the, the thing I said, and apparently I did the right thing, according to this research, is I said to them, is there anything that I can do at home to help him in these situations? Yeah. They essentially said no. <laughs> They're like, he's born and bred this way. Sorry. Yeah, he is bananas. But it did feel good to have offered, like, listen, we can't solve all our problems at school. Like, that just isn't fair. It's not fair to put them on the teacher. And I know we're all tired. I know we're all stressed. I know we're busy. I know we're all working from home while our kids are like in the other room, you know, tearing up the carpets or whatever they're doing. But I feel like when these times come and your teacher is telling you that some changes need to be made and you're finding this common ground, you're listening, you're keeping it open hearted. If there's something that you can be doing at home to help your kid. Yeah. Boy, it sure would be great if you could do that. So and I think also, Blair, it's very open hearted even to ask. Yes. Even if the teacher says, this seems to be a school-specific issue, but thank you for asking. Thank you for offering to be my partner. Because how good would that be for us to hear? Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. I do know and I've heard from teachers and I've heard from friends who are teachers that it is a very isolating thing. That parents are like dropping their kids off and being like, teach them, learn them, learn them, and make sure that they learn well. You know? Yeah. So it's like, what can I do at home? Listen, I don't like how they do like this addition table. It's so new. I don't get it. I don't like it. But listen, if it works for what's happening in the classroom and this is what, how they're doing it, I'm going to figure it out. 
or I'm going to figure out something to help my kid and help my teacher help my kid. Yep. And then for those children who have a diagnosed learning disability or require some kind of special education, there's a thing called an IEP, which is an individualized education plan. And it's something that is done at the beginning of the year for your child. There are IEPs, plenty of templates online that you can look up and fill in so that you have something that is detailed and concise for your child. And I feel like I was reading some of them. I was like, oh, this would help me for my kid who just struggles with reading and phonics. Mm. So it just helps you and the teacher get on the same page. It's formulized and everyone, there's no questioning. It's right there in the flesh and everyone can understand it and work towards making it happen, making it work. Yeah. So if that works for you, you can jump online and and look up more about the IEPs. We'll be right back. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi, we're back on Toddler Purgatory talking about when you and your school or way things done at, are done at your school or with your specific teacher or administrator when you don't see eye to eye and how we can handle that and not come in don't hot. Don't come in hot. Don't come in hot. Not come in. Don't be the girl who's coming in on fire. So all of these things are great in theory and probably will solve the problem. We'll figure out how to help the problem. We're staying calm. We're keeping an open mind. We're sticking to facts, not emotions, which is hard for Molly Lloyd because I lead with emotion. We're especially listening and not interrupting with what our, what's going on with our teacher and what their perspective on it is. And then we're finding common ground and developing a plan 
an option that might work for you is an IEP or individualized education plan. Okay, what if none of this is working? If none of this is working, then it's time to step it up. You got to go to the higher powers that be. So that's like an assistant principal. They say that if there is an assistant principal, we don't have an assistant principal at our school, but if there's an AP, go there first and then go to the principal. So it's just like, it's kind of just like following the command yet again. Yeah, you're right in the chain of command. I'm following command. You're in the military. <laughs> following the commands. All right, just follow the commands, do what you're told, and let that be it. Have a seat. <laughs> yes. So you're going to the chain of command, but keep in mind that speaking to higher-ups shouldn't be about tattling, right? Being like, oh, you do you know what Miss Smith did to my son? Right? Or getting the teacher in trouble. Don't do yeah. that. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Instead, it should be about addressing what has transpired, notifying of the disagreement, and requesting an intervention to assist. So you're going in for intervention purposes. You're not going in there hot like Blair. Sonic Blair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blair's went supersonic. So if this is like asking for an intervention and saying, you know, this teacher and I, I don't see eye to eye on this thing. I'd love to. I mean, it's almost like you need another sit down. Yeah, you do. You do. Or if it was a Zoom, maybe it needs to be a sit down or something. And just get the principal in on it. Here's another thing. Principals, guidance counselors, everyone has all these specialized roles. So they know how to intervene. They know how to speak to these situations. So yeah, don't go in like tattletailing. They're not their parents. Yeah, you're not asking for like your the teacher to be like yeah disciplined. I mean that's that doesn't make any sense. It's just you have a difference of opinion. You're seeing things in different ways, and maybe this person who is trained to do so, which I like that part of it, Blair, which is true. They didn't become a principal because they are good gardeners. They might be good gardeners on the side. That's a that's a sure plus. sure. But that didn't get them this job. They got this job, and they have that specific training to be able to help these you and the teacher get closer to figuring out how this could work for everybody. Exactly. And I think that that's like from our own like schooling that we think that the principal is like, you know, kind of like a God figure. Because but when it, we were students, he or she ran the show. For sure. But really, they are there as the interventionist for all of the relationships that happen underneath them. So that's what they're there for. Right? So many. So yeah, so keep that in mind. And talk to the principal, talk to the assistant principal, then talk to the principal. I got to share on this one website called Gifted Guru. They had six reasons or six things to do when you're having an issue with your school. And the last two were go downtown. Literally, it said number four, go downtown. It means like go to city officials. Holy smokes. Yeah. I'm telling you, I told you some of this stuff I felt was like, (laughs) and then number six was go rogue go rogue and i quote go rogue it said pull your kid out from the school oh 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 i see i see which i get i mean i think that they have to like make these like big like you know titles but yeah like well that is an interesting thing going to city officials kind of threw me for a loop but i guess like i'm keeping my mind how do i say this like what are we teaching our kids? We're teaching our kids to question authority because just because a human being is in a position of power doesn't mean they're always right. If you feel that things in your school are not being done safely, if the kids, you know, are not learning, if it's a 
bad environment. I'm not an education person, but that's, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Or if it gets for sure, for sure. I just thought it was funny. It was like, go downtown. Oh, the fact that the title is go downtown is so funny to me. (laughs) But yes, like, you know, that all has to do with going up the chain of command. Yes. Yeah. Particularly if the school is falling apart. There's a lot of schools that are underfunded. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of schools that, you know, might need some assistance or guidance in some way or another. I'm not an education expert, so I, I can't say, I can't really speak to that. So I'm trying to get below the title of go downtown or go rogue, which is hilarious ways of saying continue up the chain of command if you're if you're dissatisfied mm-hmm. to the point where the school needs to get some kind of intervention from a higher again a higher source yeah it's also if an issue keeps occurring if there's no solvent to the issue go downtown and then also the idea of going rogue too here's the thing especially when it comes to like daycare with your zero to kindergartners at least and listen, this is like privileged Blair living in an urban environment. There's a lot of daycare options for me. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't have a lot of options. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people don't have options. And I totally get that. But if you have options, seek those options. So there is a daycare chain that is pretty well known here in the Northeast. And I think it's like run differently. Like it's like a franchise, I guess. And there was one that was right across the street from our apartment. And I took my son there when he was like just a little over one. And I just did it because I needed like a couple hours to myself. And one day I walked in and he was in his crib screaming at the top of his lungs. I came in early to pick him up and I was like, "Uh oh, no bueno. Thankfully, I wasn't hot because I was just like, just get him out of here. And he was also like on his eighth cough. I mean, it just, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But the exact same franchise was in my husband's workplace in his building. And it was pristine. And he was taken amazing care of. So what we ended up doing was when I needed those couple hours to myself, I just had my husband take him to work with him, which is such a convenience, such a privilege. But it interesting how it's the exact same company just done different managers done differently. So we went rogue, but it ended up being, you know, for the best, for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, Blair and I are not experts in any way, but it feels like if you have to follow your heart and with our number one priority is our kids. So if it's a situation that is not getting the resolution that you want and it may or may not be a problem school-wide, et cetera, or simply with what that school values, like we said, then maybe it, maybe it's not the school for you. That's some, one thing to think about. So we're just giving you. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay if the school is not for you. Especially again, and I have to tell you, Blair, like, you know, I live in a much more rural community than Blair does. And these daycares, I we had to wait 14 months to get my son into a daycare. So sometimes you just don't have that option. I know I get it. Sometimes you're stuck. You just don't have that option because you can't get into another one. And and like we're out here, we don't have family here. I know. So some people could be stuck. So the best option coming from an unlicensed <laughs> education <laughs> expert like myself. No, I am not an expert. I am in no way an expert. But it feels like the best thing is to connect with the teacher or supervisor on a human level and see if you can find that common ground. Because sometimes you simply don't have the privilege of having an option. Absolutely. Quick side story. When we went to like the parent info session for my son's uh, Scandinavian school. Girl, this is so funny. 
they were like, everything here is play-based. This is how we do it. We have um, a vegan chef who cooks for you every day. And, and everyone's like, yes, yes. And then there's this one guy who's like, so what about like, when do they learn how to read? And he's like coming in hot again. He's not calm about it. He's very hot. And his wife is kind of looking at him like, oh, I, we had this discussion. Barry, we just talked about this in the car. We talked about this. Why are you bringing this up now? And Maria, bless her, the owner of it, she's like, well, this is not something that we focus on. So maybe this isn't the school for your child. <laughs> and Barry was like, cool, cool. Did cool. they send their kid? I don't know. Because it was like, there was no, I never saw them again. But my kid only went two days a week. So they could have like, you know. Barry, Barry. if you're listening right now, we're going to need an update. We're going to need an update. Barry or Barry's partner, we're going to need an update. Yeah, but she was just like, listen, she was just like straight up. Okay, then that's not what we offer. Not a problem. Don't come. It's not for you. Yep. Not every place is for everybody. Not every place is for everybody. Everybody. And I guess that's what we want to leave you with is that I feel like it's just after you've exhausted all the other human options. Yes. Yeah. Then we start thinking about going downtown or going rogue. Go downtown. (laughs) but like is there any way that you can connect with this person on a human basis first of all was it just a a misunderstanding because we're getting it through the lens of this tiny tiny human brain of this child that belongs to us can we sit down or have a phone call or whatever and, and have it be cleared up maybe maybe not if not then we go on to the next thing we state the facts plainly and then we listen we close our mouths and open our ears and listen right see what's going on from the teacher's perspective, and then we try to work together to come to a solution, right? What can we do moving forward? Okay, this thing happened in the past. What can you and I do moving forward to help this situation? What can I do at home, right? I'm offering, say, hey, you're not alone in this teacher who has at least eight and possibly as many as 108 kids in that classroom. <laughs> you're not alone, right? So we're bless connecting you. with them on bless a human you. basis. Yeah, bless mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, teachers everywhere, as mm-hmm. always. And trying to figure it out. And if you are still not coming to a conclusion, then maybe you start to kind of make your way up the chain of command. You may need an intervention from someone who is qualified to do that, like an administrator at the school, et cetera. Um, and hopefully by then you'll be able to find this resolution. But I feel like, you know, having a difference of opinion with your school is not a bad thing. It's also teaching your kid to question the way things are done because not everything is for everybody. It's also modeling to them, working with someone who has different opinions or values from you and coming to a mutual understanding. That's an incredible gift. Yes, calmly, collectively, we can figure this out together for sure. For sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. I mean, not every human being is going to do things the exact same way as another human being and that just is what it is. I guess we go... Yeah, that's my vulnerability <laughs> as a parent is sending your kid away and saying, geez, I just hope that whatever, you know, he's being taught, et cetera, closely aligns with what I value. But it might not be clo- that close sometimes. But we're also teaching our kids a ton of stuff at home that's going to benefit them. Yes, for sure. Again, everyone is in it for the greater good of your child. Everyone is on the same page. They want what's best for your kid, just like you do. So you got to believe that. Yeah, keep that in mind. And even if it feels like maybe not the teacher, somebody in that school does. And they will make sure and help you get the best out of what is going on and help you figure it out. This is good. It's interesting. As Blair and I both have kids who just turned six, so they're, and then Blair also has a three-year-old. 
But I really believe that all these things apply also to daycare, which it is really their first step foray into being away from you, having different routines, different people who are in charge, you know. And um, so this applies to all ages. Thank you so much for being here on Toddler Purgatory, listeners. We love you. We love you. If you want to listen to those back episodes, you can go to toddlerpurgatory.com. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayeni, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.